motivation can be broken down into two. So you have the extrinsic motivation and you have the intrinsic the motivation that comes from within. So when people think about sales, they always think about extrinsic motivation. They have their commission model, you know, that should motivate them. Sure, to one level it does. You know, I'm in it for the money. Uh, it's a big part of it. But the intrinsic motivation, that's much more sustainable. That's much more emotional. Welcome to a slice of SaaS, your go-to source for insights on revenue operations. Today, we're joined by Cinder Holan, who is the CEO of the gamification platform SalesGreen. And he'll bring insights on the transformative role of gamification in motivating teams and driving results. We'll unpack how simple focused actions can lead to big wins and why recognition goes beyond just the numbers. So let's get started. So Cindric, gamification is seen as a way to make work more engaging and fun in a lot of ways. But I think there's also a lot of pitfalls, like both in terms of, you know, gamification, you know, metrics, KPIs, you can really encourage the right kind of stuff. But I think there's also a risk that you kind of drive wrong behavior or kind of unintended behavior in, in some cases. So I would be really curious to hear like your kind of strategies for making sure that gamification encourages the right stuff and not makes, uh, you know, this kind of unwanted, um, outcomes happen. Sure. Yeah. It's a good question. I would say it's, um, it all comes back to the sales process, right? So what is it actually that you want people to do? Uh, and what kind of behaviors do you want to entice them into doing? So let's say uh, you're a software company, uh, maybe you're a, I don't know, a BDR team. So your end goal is to get uh, qualified opportunities for the sales reps. Okay, that's the outcome that we're driving. Now trace that back. How do you get it? Uh, well, usually uh, I have a phone call that leads into a meeting and then in that meeting, we do some preliminary discovery and that uh, if they qualify, you know, it's passed over to the AE. All right, perfect. So how do you get them on the phone call? Well, I add them to a sequence. Uh, I do multiple steps. Um, okay, so that's where it actually starts. It's adding context to a sequence. Now we've found the activities, the day-to-day -day things that reps should focus on and have a consistent level of activity to actually reach their ultimate outcomes. So if you're incentivizing them on the wrong types of activities, that could uh, be a big uh, pitfall. So you could say, um, you know, only do phone calls. That's uh, how we get meetings. Well, actually, it's not. It's also because that we warmed them up and we sent a couple of emails and we did a LinkedIn outreach and we did a, like a multi-channel outreach. So you can't only do phone calls. You also need to reach them on other channels and you kind of like lose sight on that. So you always have to, to trace your steps back and, and see what uh, successful uh, people are doing and make sure that you gamify the right types of activities uh, to get to the goal. Mm. But would you uh, like when you when it comes to the gamification then, so like would you kind of look into a lot of different parameters and kind of aggregate it all together or do you focus on specific things when you do it uh, because uh, yeah I would like what you said there as well with the call activity and things like that so encouraging that okay smile and dial as I think the old saying goes um, and just focusing on that you're gonna incentivize people just you know talking to maybe irrelevant people just to get that number up yeah that's a good point 
So those things can definitely happen, but uh, I would say that uh, in order for gamification to be really impactful and helpful, you need to somewhat oversimplify your sales process. So the essence is that you want to dial it back into actions that reps should be taking, preferably on a day-to-day -day basis, where uh, more is uh, better. That's, that's the dream. That's the ideal uh, setup. And obviously there are uh, something called conversion rates, which I think is uh, also really helpful. So when you see that uh, they have a high dial number, but they're not getting those meetings, that next step in the funnel, the conversion rate is gonna drop and you will really quickly identify where are they struggling if you have those conversion rates in every step of the funnel. And then you can coach them effectively on what they're struggling with. So in that case, uh, you would very quickly be kind of like busted for doing fake phone calls that doesn't actually lead to the uh, ultimate outcomes that you're driving because the conversion rates are dropping. So you need to focus on that as well. So you, you kind of retain a level of quality and it just uh, doesn't become a numbers game or only quantity. You need the balance of both. I like the simplification bit as well and tracing things back to specific actions. Um, like I'm a big proponent of, I think a lot of companies actually overcomplicate a lot of things. Um, and yeah, like a lot of time mistakes. So when it comes to simplification, like what, what, like what would typically be the step? Like if you like say, um, you guys work with like uh, gamification a lot, you know, sales screen. Um, so what would be things that you would say, like, if you come into a new company and you would kind of guide them a little bit in terms of like, how can they actually simplify and find the real actionable stuff? Like what would be a typical approach that, that they could take there? The approach would be to run down the funnel. So it would be like, all right, what is uh, the current pain points that you're struggling with? How can we help you? So you obviously start with good discovery and, and you make sure that you can align towards the things that they actually care about. Yeah, and that doesn't always have to be productivity increase. It could also be the fact that, you know, we see ramped reps are much more productive and better than anyone else. So we want to retain them. Um, or, you know, uh, culturally, we want to, to make a, a culture where people are more proactive and less reactive and are waiting for the managers to kind of hit them with the stick. We want them to go for it. Like, how can we change that culture? So it doesn't always need to be hard hitting elements um, that you can incentivize towards. But I would try to kind of like say, okay, in, in the case of uh, a BDR team, then your outcome is to build pipeline. Great. How are you doing that? Uh, and then I would run me through their process of getting pipeline. I would note down typically uh, the activities that we can, um, that individuals can influence themselves. Um, so it's always easy to say, oh, we want uh, $200,000 worth of pipeline uh, every month. All right, great. But like if the reps don't understand themselves how they're going to get there, that's hard to, to do. And it doesn't help to put like gamified elements on that outcome, but because they don't understand the input that's necessary to get there. So that's like a really big pitfall for running gamification on outcomes. Then it becomes more of a recognition program. You know, a nice to have, you get the pat on the back, you get a celebration song when you get that meeting, you know, that that's great and it's fun, 
but it's not really going to drive uh, the outcomes itself. Then you need to, to pull it back into the outcome. So we, we really use some time with the clients there to, to make sure that we actually break it down into actions that they believe will drive the right outcomes. And those are the actions that we want to gamify. And we simplify it so that it becomes three to five metrics at most. And that's just because human beings are, you know, we're not incapable of focusing at 10 or 15 things at a given time. It's just not possible, uh, at least not for, you know, dudes. But uh, maybe my wife, uh, sometimes uh, she's uh, able to do 10 times uh, in parallel with my three kids. But like, I, I would never be able to do that. So we, we have to keep it simplified and like, Try to keep it around three to five things to focus on max. Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, okay, there was a lot of different things here. So I'm like, I have a big list of questions, but uh, like with the kind of a focus thing that you mentioned, like I, I definitely agree that focusing on fewer things, I mean, you can always do multiple things at once. I mean, you can walk and talk at the same time, but being able to actually focus, I think actually focus is supposed to be singular and not plural. Uh, same priority. I think that's actually intended to be a singular word because you can't really have five priorities, but it's also very right. scary to do it. Right. Cause you actually need to pick. You do, but it, it's, that's where, you know, you guys come in and then the rev ops function because you identify the biggest weaknesses and, and things that we actually need to change behaviors that we need to change. And then you can use a gamified system or a gamification program to actually rally the troops to get them to care about that. Uh, to keep it top of mind. So that's another pitfall per se to gamification is that if you set it up once and you kind of like yeah, let it run and you, and you forget about it, uh, it's not going to have the same impact as if you keep it fresh and you actually change the focus metrics up once uh, or twice per quarter. Uh, okay, so you would do like actually multi-quarter like reviews of the KPIs and the areas of focus based on, I guess, conversion rates, activities, and goal attainment, and you would actually adjust it? I would do that, yeah. Uh, it depends on the size of the customer as well. You know, not everyone is, uh, is that agile and fast, but most uh, software companies are. Um, so I would uh, definitely recommend uh, having like a, a fixed cadence, let's say once per quarter, you actually look over the results that was um, generated. And that's something that uh, inside at least our platform, you can you can see that through the insights tab, you know, what is um, <clears throat> the metrics that we focused on and how they developed over time and uh, average per you know, contributing user. Uh, so that actually becomes uh, very apparent. Like, yeah, these are, let's say the competitions that we run uh, this is the impact that we got from each of them. Uh, the top, middle, and bottom segment moved this, this, and this much. So maybe we should run more of that type of competition, less of this. That wasn't as impactful. So you kind of like take all of that intelligence that you're gathering uh, within the tool, and then you revise you know, what we're going to do next. So you make your next quarter gamification plan. Um, are we going to change it up? Uh, do we want to have different types of spiffs that we put in place? Um, or do we need to change the metrics that we're tracking? Because the ones that we have now, we have enough activity on it, but you know, we need to focus more on conversion, for instance, to, to increase quality. Um, so, so that is a, it's a strategy more than a, anything else. And, and uh, as you know, strategy needs to kind of be uh, alive and, and constantly adapting and changing as you grow. Yeah, it's not the annual drawer placed strategy that you do once and then never look at again at the end of the year you're basically saying oh that was actually pretty good too bad <laughs> we didn't do that because that would be pretty great 
Um, well, so yeah. I do think that kind of ongoing revisiting the goals is super important. Um, like, how would you balance like the kind of because I like individual goals are of course great and i like in some cases you know if it's only team based that might be like hey i'm doing a lot some people are not and they're kind of winning because of me so there's always that risk of friction but on the other hand there can also be the case where like people don't want to help they just want to focus on their own stuff because that's how they're incentivized um so we are trying to work a lot with a combination of the team based stuff so we win together and encouraging that for example, for LinkedIn and stuff like that, we basically have a, you know, either we all win or no one wins. Uh, like, what is your experience in kind of those two different paths and what do you usually see working the best? I think this is a really critical, um, let's say, question that needs to be answered by a gamified program. Because the reality is that any team consists of different types of personalities that have different types of motivational drivers. So we usually lean on Richard Bartle and his research, and he basically did a big study of a lot of gamers, and he categorized them into killers, achievers, explorers, and socialites. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So he, he was kind of like, why do people spend so much time on games? Like, what is their drivers and motivation behind that? And he found, for instance, like the killers, they love being on top of leaderboards and winning and kind of, you know, leveling up and that kind of stuff. While the explorers, they just wanted to explore the open world and see different paths they could take to get to goal, right? And then you had the socialites, which actually was like the majority of the, the, the team. They were driven by social recognition, the pats on the back, you know, the, the fact that you could interact with someone else and be a part of a team and feel connectedness. So what I'm getting at is that if you have a gamification program, it's so much more than just a leaderboard. That would simply, uh, you know, intrigue like the killers, the ones who love to be on top of it. So it's an important element, sure, but like an even more important element, I would say, is like the social feed, where you can see um, somebody just did his best uh, week ever. You know, amazing. That's an achievement that's being surfaced in the social feed. Now they can gain likes, and people can add gifts and comments, and that's going to fuel, you know, their motivation because they're a socialite. So. This is like a super critical part. Like every a successful gamification program needs to have game elements that speaks to all types of personalities, in order for you to move the needle for uh, on the middle and bottom performers. Because the killers, they will always stay on top. They're intrinsically motivated. They're delivering, you know, the value. But it's that main chunk of people, the team of socializing, you know, the team-based uh, people. If you get them to move just a tiny bit, that's where the money comes in. Yeah, and I, I would say, I mean, probably everyone have a little bit of the social life. Like everyone want to feel like they're appreciated and they matter, no matter what I think people say. Like everyone likes a little bit of a pat on the back and, and feeling that, you know, what I'm doing actually matters. Um, but that that's actually really interesting with that kind of um, like how you can look at computer games because they are really designed, you know, also they... A big old school like World of Warcraft player here. So like the whole thing with leveling up and getting that kind of micro uh, achievement, because I think also that would be a big part of um, gamification is basically you don't just have the super far away. You have your annual target and your quarterly stuff, but you also have that kind of micro micro incentivization. Yeah, it's uh, it's a big part of it. I, I would 
uh, like to, to, to talk to this, I would say that motivation can be broken down into two. So you have the extrinsic motivation and you have the intrinsic the motivation that comes from within. So when people think about sales, they always think about extrinsic motivation. They have their commission model, you know, that should motivate them. Sure, to one level it does. You know, I'm in it for the money. Uh, it's a big part of it. But the intrinsic motivation, that's much more sustainable. That's much more emotional. And you it's definitely, if you want to retain employees, that's where you need to invest. So how can you give them intrinsic motivation? In a gamified system, we like to say there are four currencies that you can deal out to people. So yes, you have the things, you know, the extrinsic factors. Uh, you know, you could give them coins, they could redeem gift, car, gift cards or whatever. Uh, but you also give, uh, have the two most important currencies to a gamified system, which is social status um, and uh, social capital. So, uh, and by so social status, I actually means self-esteem. So sorry about that. But so you can actually give them a self-esteem boost. And that is in a way much more worth for most people than, you know, a $50 gift card. And if you can give them, uh, you know, they rank up and they become a much higher level because they've been loyal to the business over time. So they're actually, you know, a general or a second level prestige or whatever that is. Um, then you will have uh, social capital when someone new comes into the business and will like, you know, sit down. I'm a general here, so <laughs> I've been around uh, the block and that gives you some social uh, capital uh, in, in those interactions. So it's like it, you need to tie into more than just the stuff um, to actually be successful and uh, to drive that in, intrinsic motivation, which is just much more emotional and long term. Yeah, and it feels better to talk about the intrinsic. Like, if you tell why you're doing something, you know, saying you want stuff, like it's not. It's like this thing you kind of you always have a bit of that, right? But it feels better also to talk about the kind of the stuff like the intrinsic versus the extrinsic. Um, but yeah, I mean, in the end, like it sounds silly a lot of it, like the whole thing with being a general and stuff like that. But like we all we are all kind of partly run by like silly stuff and it really works at least in my experience as well um like titles and achievements and things like that it really actually does for the as you said the social status and people want to you know feel like they matter i think i think uh, an excellent um you know uh, comparison is is the the training apps like think about peloton why that was such a success you had the spinning bike you were sitting at home and you were supposed to spin and uh, and sweat for an hour um, and just feel good with yourself, sure. But then Pelton came, they mounted a big TV screen on top of that bike and suddenly you had leaderboards. You could see the input, they were tracking your stats, like how much uh, resistance are you having and how much calories are you burning. And you could kind of race yourself and you could race others and you could go up to new heights and you could gain like uh, streaks and uh, you've done five exercises this week. Like uh, all of those elements, suddenly your motivation to, to exercise on that spinning bike uh, skyrocketed. And that's pure gamification. Yeah, we're, we're quite simple, like in, in general, like we are like, I know myself as well. Like I can manipulate myself, like, you know, like a little bit of gamification in the day to day. And even if I'm aware it's myself doing it to myself. It still works. Uh, oh, so absolutely. I think it makes everything way more interesting. And have you seen it as well? Like thinking about, because, you know, 
if you don't gamify anything in your life, I think it's way more boring as well. So, like, <laughs> I totally agree. Have you seen things there as well in terms of, you know, just like general kind of, um, because of course you have the dark side, you know, it's like, especially I think with, um, uh, you mentioned there with the different types and you have the, I don't remember the phrase, but like the lone wolf go-getter, the killer. Yeah, the killer. Yeah, yeah. the killers. Um, like, so actually I kind of lost my question here. <laughs> What was that? What was I supposed to ask you? Um, oh yeah, like so that person would always gamify. I think like they would all have a competition with themselves and with others. But I don't think it's natural for for a lot of people to do it. Um, but you can also drive wrong behaviors by doing it, and that person will feel on top, as you said, because you have revenue goals, and they will a lot of the time be on top of that because they're just so competitive, and that's going to feel other people more kind of feeling like this is not really fun because I never win. Yeah, I'll give you, a, that's an excellent uh, remark actually, because it's, uh, it's very apparent in, in uh, a gamified program. So let's take an example of uh, running a sales competition. That's probably a very normal thing to do. Um, the normal thing to do is to have uh, pit people against each other, like individuals. And you put that on the leaderboard. So let's say, you know, whoever closes the most deals this month or creates the most me things, you know, uh, win. And maybe if you're really at it, you know, you say we have a first, second and third place prize. Um, the problem is, as you're saying, we all know that's going to be John, Bob and, you know, Olga. Uh, they always win. So, yeah, there's a, there's a race on who of those three are going to win. But like I... I, who am on the middle of the pack, I'm never going to win. So why should I care? That's not going to motivate me at all. I know the moment that competition starts, I just go about my day as I always do. And the way to kind of combat that in a gamified environment is that you need to switch it up. You need to introduce the element of chance. Give them a fighting chance. You know, instead of having a leaderboard, you could say every meeting you book, you get a raffle ticket, right? And by the end of the week, we're gonna draw the winner. So if you have five meetings, you get five raffle tickets, but as long as you have one, you can actually win. And that is gonna incentivize me because I've never won something before, but now I feel I have a chance as long as I contribute something. You get what I'm saying? I really like that idea with uh, a little little lottery. I haven't, I haven't actually ever thought about that approach to it. Um, I think we had it once actually at HubSpot, we'd had some, I actually won that competition. I didn't even realize I was in it, <laughs> but no, I would definitely say that. Yeah. Like feel, making people feel that you can actually win. Um, I think that's something that people miss a lot because I think a lot of sales can recognize that, you know, well, I have the wrong territory or they started sooner than me and you start making up a lot of excuses and, and it stopped being fun. And there's another point actually you're making for me, so appreciate all this. Uh, but it's like um, the, there's a tendency to run too long competitions. Like a month long is a long time. You're going to have high interest in the beginning, and then you have the valley of interest going down, and then it's going to go up again uh, towards the end. So, you know, this is not the way you should run sales competitions. What you should do is that you should instead break it down into, let's say, four competitions where you focus on four different things and you have like weekly sprints because then you have the interest level high in the beginning and it just doesn't go down as much because you're already at the end. So you, in, in general, you just have much more interest when you do it like that.
Yeah, because it becomes normal and day to day, and it's not front and center. Uh, yeah, I think like with any kind of goal, like if it's too far out, it's like an annual goal, and not breaking that down into quarterly, monthly, and weekly stuff. Um, like it's just going to be very difficult to keep it and make it. It's not tangible, and it's too far away. It doesn't feel real, especially I think at the beginning. Uh, if it's too big of a goal, I think that's a bit of an issue. Yeah, it is. Uh, Okay, so let's see here. So we have the different uh, drivers, motivation. We talked about the different currencies and social capital and status. So how would that bit work? Like, how do you become a general? Is that like some kind of a leveling system that you have in your system that you're using? Or how would, how would you kind of do that and visualize that? And if you don't have a system, how could you kind of make a simple version of it? Now, I think that uh, in the start, um, we said that we didn't say we were a gamification platform. We said that we were a sales motivation platform that replaces the blackboard and the bell. <clears throat> so basically people could, for instance, to celebrate the wins and, and get the socialites engaged, they could have like a, a gong in the office or something that they ring when they have good wins to kind of create that excitement. <coughs> Excuse me. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? No, so that's a big thing, especially in American culture. But um, another one is like the whiteboards. You can have like, uh, you can draw a line every time you do something. Then you can, that kind of creates a leaderboard or even a contest type of space. Um, let's say instead of having a gamified system where you can actually give out raffle tickets and spin the wheel, you could have envelopes and each uh, envelope could have like a dollar bill. Some could have a hundred dollar bill, right? And some could be like, take 10 push-ups. And every time you, you book a meeting, you take a random envelope. You don't know what the price is. Uh, you could be really lucky, right? Or you could get those 10 push-ups in front of everyone. So that, that keeps it exciting. So you can do a lot of like games and gamification without actually having a program. It's just going to take much more time and be a bit more cumbersome. Uh, but I would definitely like start by breaking down into the activities that you want them to focus on and then create some spiffs around it, some competitions around it, recognize when someone had their best week ever or their first meeting this month, uh, talk about it, scream about it, make it visual everywhere, like write emails, Slack updates, put it on the internet. If you have something uh, like a digital signage, put it up on the TV when someone is the seller of the month, like make it known. All of this is gamification. And yeah, no, so that's uh the push ups that's like the for the I, I would just add a lot of that. I like, uh, I'm evil. So uh you could get into trouble with that. I think maybe I'm not sure if that's allowed anymore to have push ups as like punishments as a part of it. Maybe that's Yeah, we used to have that. I had to remove it when we started. Yeah, I would say that US, that, so. that might be a dangerous uh at at least today. Uh <laughs> Yeah, that's something to keep in mind. Keep it, keep it nice and friendly. Maybe that's the twenty twenty four way of doing things. Um, wow. By the way, by what stage do you think you should start looking at this? Because I know that you've historically been working a lot with SaaS companies, but you also work a lot with kind of a more like telecom, like bigger kind of uh, business development organizations. Like, is this something that is mainly for big organizations, or should you start with the uh, push ups and? dollar bills when when you just have a few sales reps or what do you think yeah i think you should start simple uh so you you probably don't need a, uh, like a comprehensive platform like sales screen to to begin with but you should do something like the envelope game that i mentioned and some basic leaderboards and and have that uh, mindset of gamifying your sales process early on 
but uh, the more you grow, the bigger the pain is going to be to actually recognize the individuals and motivate the individuals across that spectrum of uh, spectrum of, of different player types. So um, the bigger team, uh, the more value you would get from a gamification uh, program. And um, maybe, you know, when you're around 15, 20 people, I would say it starts to become mission critical. Um, I would say um, you could explore a, a simple version. Like um, we, we have something that we call sales screen essential, which is like a, more of a self onboarded solution uh, of the tool where you can start very simple. You only have access to a couple of competition types. You get the leaderboards, the dashboards, the TV visualization, you get all the basics. You, so you can really test out the concept, but it costs uh, 15 bucks per month. Uh, and you can pay month by month if you want. So you can start simple like that, and then you can upgrade to an enterprise subscription later on. Uh, but our clients ranges from typically that size, you know, 10 to 20 people on the low end to the biggest ones we have is like 20,000 at this point seats in our platform. When you say like around 20, was that like sales reps or total size of the company? Uh, then I would say actually sales reps. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, no worries. But it's like the smaller you are, you know, the more transparent the information perhaps is in a way. So so I know what, you know, Andreas and, and uh, Olga and Pear is doing. I know how, how well they've done this week. I know where I am compared to them. So I actually don't need uh, something to tell me that. Uh, you could still do a couple of like fun exercises and games to create the tension and focus around certain metrics, but you don't need a gamification platform. That's something you need when your team is much bigger. Um, another element to that is just, you know, the more transactional of, uh, the work that you're doing is, the bigger benefit you have of a gamified uh, platform. If it's like enterprise sales, you know, it's really hard to, to pull that sales process back to like three to five activities that you need to focus on. So in those cases, it's uh, perhaps less valuable. It's more of a recognition tool really than to have something that is for like a BDR where you expect them to be consistent with their activity and hit the phone every day and add new context to sequences and personalize those invites. You know, that's, that, that is a tougher climate to do consistently over time uh, and a bigger gain or value from something like a gamification platform. No, but I, I still really like the kind of thing of focusing on very much on actions and controllables because I think when a lot of companies set targets, it's very much kind of, in, in the long term, you can impact it, but as we talked about before, it's kind of too vague and it's too kind of, there's too many variables involved, but like you can always connect with someone on LinkedIn. Like there's not really, unless your internet disappeared, like you can always do that. If they reply to that connection, well, that's a different story, but like that specific action and actually on the short term leading with that, um, I think that's such an important thing to, to focus on. And I think a lot of roles, like for, for us, it's the, um, we are kind of focusing a lot on LinkedIn, for example. So we also got to do a little bit of gamification on a very simple level uh, with kind of a monthly kind of, yeah, as I mentioned, like a team goal based on a set of activities that we believe is important. So even if we are also more kind of um, a bit more account-based, I would say when we come to selling, things like that, I think there's still like if you want to encourage a specific type of behavior that you believe is a good play for enterprise, for example, you know, it might still actually be viable. 
I can give you um, you know another example. Like we're we're seeing uh, more and more customer success teams uh, stepping into the platform, uh, and that's uh, you know historically perhaps not the, the function that we've had the most business with. Uh, but we see today that they have so many requirements uh, on their day-to-day work. Like they're expected to get clients to uh, give you G2 reviews or like Terra reviews. They're expected to give uh, referrals to the sales team. Obviously, they're also going to upsell and drive expansion. They're uh, renewing the client, which is the biggest thing. There's so many focused things that they need to talk about and, and do. So it becomes uh, a bit overwhelming. Uh, and we've seen a lot of value in like having that regular focus on how much uh, are you actually gonna renew this quarter and, and get those celebrations as they renew. And then you sprinkle in like background incentivization, like this, now we're having a G2 campaign, get your clients to actually write the reviews and we, we run a individual and a team-based competition. So the more steps that we actually achieve as a team, let's say first base camp is at five reviews and then 10, 20 and 30, the prices for the whole team becomes better and better as you climb the mountain. Excellent way to boost those uh, reviews and uh, get you know uh, uh, non-paid uh, reviews uh, that uh, is gonna earn you those badges that you want. Yeah, basically it's not just sales that are the social, uh social type like everyone want a little bit of recognition and i think yeah as we talked about before like anything where you can put a little bit of gamification in like i'm sure there are roles where it doesn't i'm not sure trying to gamify for developers maybe they're just gonna be angry with me i don't know uh i'm not sure if you've ever tried that but i would say customer success i think is a really good potential case as well that is probably quite like overlooked absolutely i I think that uh Obviously, uh, being sales screen and uh, developing this program, every function of our uh, company is on the platform. And there are elements um, to any employee recognition program, I would say, like we have that built into our tool where you can, for instance, uh, you have this virtual currency uh, of coins that you can earn through unlocking achievement and doing a 20 contacts added to a sequence consistently five days, here you go, you know, coins or you win competitions, coins, or you endorse someone, like thank you for fixing that bug quickly, or you know, you've done amazing work this month on LinkedIn, here's a thousand coins, and that recognition is shown on TVs, up in the social feed, it sticks to your profile, you get the coins, you can redeem rewards that you want from the reward shop, and that's a way that you can engage the whole company. So we kind of call them supporters, uh, and we give that license type out for free, so that the engineers and have everyone else can then have eyes on the social feed and be a part of that uh, endorsement culture that you're creating of appreciation back and forth uh, so that uh, you have bigger accountability, more eyes on what you're doing as, as a revenue team. Uh, it's better for the revenue team. So yeah, there are use cases for, for the rest of the company, but I would say that's more towards the employee recognition part. And I think with that as well, like just giving, remember to give the people who do stuff a little bit of praise every now and then. Uh, I think a lot, including myself, are not good enough at that. And we can tend to forget, you know, how important that actually is. So on a little bit more philosophical level, you know, give a little bit more praise next year. I think a lot of people would be happy about that in uh, in, in general. Um, cool. I think actually... One last thing I had that I realized that I um, 
I was going to ask before and then I cut off my own thought in the middle of the thought and changed it. Um, but it was kind of about the kind of happiness, like impact on happiness and satisfaction. Like, have you seen kind of clear like differences there in terms of like how that is changing, you know, employee feedback and things like that with gamification or is that not something that like you would measure or see in general? I would imagine it would be in a lot of cases better, right? Or yeah, it is. Uh, we uh, run a lot of pilots with enterprise customers, and uh, part of that pilot is always going to be a survey where you ask the end users, you know, did this actually make you more productive on a day-to-day basis? Do you feel more motivated now that you have sales screen? You know, do you feel more appreciated now that you have sales screen? Uh, and the results from those surveys is always in the, in the high nines in average, which is insane, honestly. So a little bit of recognition goes a long way to your point earlier. Um, so it's very quantifiable when you survey people like that and, you know, did this make your work more enjoyable? Yes. And that's ultimately what I was setting out to do. If I could make that boring, mundane job as a call center agent or, you know, field sales rep or a BDR more fun and exciting, uh, I know that's going to bring joy to them, their families and everyone else. So. It's really a rewarding program to work with, uh, but it, it goes a long way. And you also mentioned like the dark side, I think, uh, to some extent, like for instance, when you have a leaderboard, um, I just give a quick best practice uh, advice, maybe not create a leaderboard that showcases everyone. Let's say limit it to the top 50% performers so that it actually becomes an honor to be on the TV screens on the leaderboard. Um, so that the ones uh, having a bit of a bad month are, aren't feel, felt like feeling the heat so much. At least uh, in the Nordics, that's a more culturally uh, sound way to do it. Uh, you know, obviously we have American customers who put the TV screen in their cantinas and then they uh, enable the reverse leaderboards to, to <laughs> showcase the ones not doing so well that you don't want to sit around and eat uh you know but uh that's that's uh luckily not that many yeah i mean it's uh the low performance didn't know everyone knows anyway so yeah. i don't think shoving it in people's face like more times than that is uh necessary yeah i like i know i know we've been jumping around i have i have so many questions but i think uh the show today is never gonna end if i keep on going here so <laughs> i think we can um kind of run off a little bit here with uh yeah a question that i would um always ask unless you have something that you really felt like i missed that would be an important point or i think we covered quite a lot I think we did cover quite a lot. I just think uh, if you want to change behaviors, it starts uh, with visualizing uh, the the metric behind it because you know we're talking to RevOps here, right? So like break it down into metrics that's easy to understand and then make it really top of mind. That's something that uh, is equally as important as any gamification program. Just get it out there, you know? Uh, that's going to make people accountable. That's going to change behaviors, so... You can do a lot without the gamification program as well. I'm not like the best seller here, but uh, I think some of these principles should be adopted by everyone. Yeah. So basically pick a few focuses, know how you want to measure things in general and what drives the right kind of outcomes, you know, yeah. put a plan together, visualize it and keep bringing it, it back. Yeah. Keep it top of mind and do that kind of, as we said, like micro transactions, be that coins, push-ups, um, social 
phrase, whatever it might be, but do that often and not just something that you look at every now and then and then forget about. Uh, so I think like that, uh, if you just keep that on top of mind, even without gamification, even though I like with a system for it, even though like, I think some way to store and track things is always beneficial. Um, yeah, but no. Awesome. So as a final little round of here, so, uh, a question that I would ask everyone. Um, so what is a learning or insight that has significantly changed your perspective on life and or business? So we're going philosophical here. Okay. Going philosophical. Then I would say, uh, it's all about the people that you surround yourself with and that goes both for life and for business. So uh, in your personal life, as you kind of grow up and you get older, you maybe establish a family, get kids, you realize that you have less and less time for yourself. And that also means that you might actually have to make some hard part decisions on which friends do you want to keep close and which friends are actually giving you energy um, and maybe deprioritize some other ones. And in business, it's the same. It's like, as you grow the company, you go through different life uh, cycles and stages and you need different types of people to actually get you to the next one. So even though you love somebody, uh, the right move could actually be to part ways and get that next person who can navigate around that corner that you haven't before. So surround yourself with great people that gives you energy and your life is going to be more enjoyable. Love it. I think that's a very good, uh, very good final words to, to end the, the episode today with. So thank you very much Senor, for, for, for your time today. It was an absolute pleasure. And yeah, I, I had a lot of questions here and I have a lot more, but, uh, yeah, thanks a lot for, for your time. It was really, really interesting to, uh, to have you on and share all your knowledge. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for tuning in to this week's a Slice of SaaS and a special thanks to Sindre for sharing the ins and outs of gamification and its impact on team dynamics and performance. I hope you're walking away with fresh perspectives on motivating your team and the actionable steps to take to make it happen. And if today's episode sparked new ideas or strategies for you, I'd love to hear about it. So drop us a review or reach out to me directly. Until next time.